Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, powered by Built Bar. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier, and joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter, at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what is going on, sir? It's Friday. We are, we've kind of made our way through some news segments, and we're going to get back on track of our position room breakdowns, uh, and, and we've mm. got an interesting room to break down today for sure. Yeah, but before we do that, we need to talk about a little uh, uh, Cowboys-related rumors. I guess that's the best way to put it, right? Yeah. Um, so yesterday, we got some news from a couple different New York outlets that, once again, the New York Jets have hit a contract stall with all-pro safety Jamal Adams, and it appears that if something doesn't get worked out here over the next couple of weeks, the team could be open to potentially trading him again. Remember, the Jets had very serious conversations with the Cowboys at the trade deadline last year. Uh, the, the report was that the Cowboys um, offered a first-round pick in Anthony Brown for Jamal Adams, and the Jets wanted a first-round pick, two second-round picks, and an all-pro offensive lineman, whether it be Travis, or excuse me, Zach Martin or Tyron Smith. The Cowboys <laughs> just were never going to do that. Um, I mean, it just sounds that. insane. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's so ridiculous. But as we get closer to the season, you know, and you were kind of entering this, you know, the last year of Jamal Adams deal, I believe, what he was drafted in 2017. So he's going in, you know, to the final year of his rookie contract. He still has a fifth year option. But this is one of the things that, you know, if the Jets allow this to kind of hang over their heads for, you know, the season, they could potentially try to move him. And we saw, you know, Mike Fisher reported yesterday that the Cowboys will be interested in talking uh, to the Jets about Jamal Adams. And then we had a, uh, <laughs> a little trade rumor today from uh, Gary Myers of uh, the New York Times. He asked the question, would you trade uh, the Cowboys' number one pick in 2021 and Michael Gall for Jamal Adams? Uh, so let's go ahead and start there, Landon. <laughs> what do you make of Jamal Adams' rumors, and what do you think about that trade offer? Well, first, can I back up to I? You know, we've been waffling all week back and forth between news of the DAC contract stuff, which you know, again, there's not really much new there other than no. you know falsified reports now that have come out, and uh, and I guess I learned my lesson from even you know trying to believe. Chris Sims or any of that stuff. I'm not not going down that well again. But it was just sure. funny how many people were replying, uh, "Don't pay Dak. Pay start Andy Dalton and 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 give that money <laughs> to Jamal Anderson, <laughs> Jamal Adams. Yeah, yeah, Jamal Adams and, and my or Jamal Anderson for that matter. <laughs> former <laughs> South Carolina defensive end. Yeah, yeah. Or, I, or just yeah, former running back for the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. Uh, I was. You know, my whole thing is that anytime that you have the opportunity to take money away from your, uh, you know, getting to elite quarterback so that you can pay a box safety, you <laughs> absolutely have to do that. Yeah. Like, sure. I just, you know, it's, 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 it's a fun topic, and it, and I think that Jamal Adams is maybe you know top two or three players at his position in the entire league. Sure. 
I don't think anybody I, will fight you on that. I don't think yeah. anybody will fight you on it. But I, no. I know what's coming next. Uh, yeah, and, and that's the other thing too is even you know the box safety labels. I think he can do so much. I don't think that he's just a box safety. I just think you want him near the line of scrimmage because he's so disruptive in so many different aspects when he's close to the football. Yep. Having said all that, like this idea of trading more than a first round pick for this guy when you have to still turn around and pay him and this idea of trading michael gallup for i mean look i i guess i i I think i think people they you know they're still too hung up on the uh depth charts you know all things being equal, right? Like because yeah, why yeah. Mike Michael Gallup is a wide receiver too, and Jamal Adams would be your best safety. That that's a good trade, but that's not no, a good trade. No. The the value of that position at safety and the impact that it has on winning and losing is minimal compared to what you get at wide receiver. You factor in the fact that, like we just said beforehand, the contract aspect of it. I mean, this is. What are we doing here, guys? Like, I, do, I understand we like the player a lot, and we'd love to have him on our defense, but I, I think we've got something here in these three wide receivers and this what, what, what this offense could be. Uh, and honestly, taking away Michael Gallup really diminishes it. You know, to I mean, I, not that not that you don't have uh, faith that Ceedee Lamb is going to be a player, but the, one of the best parts about the way the where CD Lamb is landing for you as a team is that you don't necessarily have to be reliant on him. Correct. If you yep. elevate him to wide receiver two, suddenly you are a lot more reliant on a guy who is, I mean, this, despite having all that talent, has never taken a snap in the NFL. I feel like you and I are the only ones that are cautiously proceeding with this Jamal Adams trade just because of the positional value, right? I, I know a lot of people see the highlights and they're really fun and that kind of stuff, but you got to give up assets and turn right around to pay them. I was okay doing with that at receiver because not only did you get, you know, the half a year in 2018, you got the full year in 2019, but a receiver, a number one receiver is far more valuable than a box safety. I'm not. I don't think this team can afford to do that again. Trading away assets and going ahead and giving up salary for one player. I just feel like that's uh, that's not a good way to use your uh, resources. So um, I would agree. Let's I, real quick. I, I could Let, be talked. Yeah, I could. I could be talked into a first round pick. You know, what oh, I'm I saying? think I could be too. But yeah. I think I think in a vacuum, I say no. Yeah. Right. I, but I mean, even then, like it, it's. You know, I think that's with everything built in. You know, I think people try to extend it beyond that. Like, oh, he's the best in his, he's the best in his position. He's, you know, he's potential Hall of Famer. And 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 my response to that is, yeah, that's all baked into my cost of the first round pick. If he wasn't those things, I'm not trading a first round pick for a safety. So Mm -hmm. yeah, anything more than like he barely reached the threshold to, you know, in my opinion, to be worth a first round pick. Yeah, to even uh, entertain it, right? To even That's entertain it. So so anything yeah. more than a first-round pick is totally ridiculous. I, I 100% agree. Um, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll talk about these wide receivers. Just wanted to remind you guys that today's episode of the Locked on Cowboys podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best-tasting protein bar that you will ever have. I can promise you that. It's hard to even explain just how good Built Bars are. Uh, I tried the peanut butter one the other day and was just blown away 
by how good it was. Did not taste like a protein bar at all. I swear that you're eating a candy bar, and that's just how good it is. Uh, the best part about Built Bar is they're fantastic for you. They have an amazing combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar. There's no crazy additives. If you want to experience a Built Bar, and I highly, highly recommend that you do, go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and get $10 off your first box at BuiltBar.com. All right, Landon, there is not a single position on the Cowboys roster that gets me more excited than this wide receiver room. Uh, there is a new wide receiver coach this year, Adam Henry, who was with the Browns uh, over the last two years. He was with the Giants when Odell uh, really broke out. Uh, earlier, it was with uh, it was in the LSU with Jarvis Landry and Odell and those guys as well. Um, let's talk about this room because I think it is probably the best unit on the team. Um, let's start with Amari Cooper. I know a lot of people are down on Amari Cooper last because of you know some of the, the struggles away from home last year. He dealt with some injuries, but man, I still think he's one of the top five or six receivers in the league. I, I think a full year with him being healthy. Remember, he had the plantar fasciitis through almost all of training camp, and anybody you've ever talked to that's had that in, injuries tells you how incredibly painful it is. Then he hurt his knee against the Jets. Seemed like he never really got over that. Um, I think this year, going into his third year of the Cowboys, I think he's going to have a massive, massive season. What are your expectations for Amari Cooper in year three with the Cowboys? Yeah, I mean, I I think you you mentioned a lot of key things, including you know the injury that he dealt with throughout the season. I, you know, I think that that really had an effect on him in, in a way that they never really wanted to fully admit. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think he's one of the best route runners in football. He has an incredible athletic profile. I mean, we, I don't really need to rehash everything about what makes Amari Cooper fantastic, but I think that, you know, he definitely had what I would consider to be a a down year last year because of the injury, uh, and still didn't have a terrible year. So, Mm uh, I, yeah, I think he's, if we're not talking about Amari Cooper enough yet, I don't think because I think that the biggest beneficiary to CeeDee Lamb being here might be Amari Cooper because now it truly allows you to be flexible with where you line him up. You can put him in the slot a lot more uh, and you can do a lot of different things. And now you've got a uh, offensive coordinator who is uh, kind of unbridled a little bit and able to do what he wants. And, and I imagine that we're going to see a lot of interesting and unique ways to get Amari Cooper, the football on the move. Do you think he's going to be a better fit in? I mean, I know it's the same offense, but with more Mike McCarthy stuff, because McCarthy has traditionally run a lot of slants. Do you think that's going to help, you know, Cooper's game improve even more? I mean, I think, I think slant, you know, he's one of the best slant runners in football. I mean, I think, you know, maybe outside of Odell Beckham Jr., you know, he's probably one of the most dangerous mm-hmm. slant runner in football. I think, yeah, I mean, I, it, it makes, to me, when you have a guy like that, it makes no sense that they weren't running more slants, you know, it's because, not, yeah. not that slants are the end-all be-all, and I, not that I want them running all slants, and, and I guarantee you that a year from now or two years from now, as the West Coast offense parts of this start to bleed in, we are going to be sick of slant flats. Uh, and and yeah. that's because that's common, in, you know, with teams with West Coast office, offices. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that those kind of angled routes that allow for subtle route running, you know, those are the things that he does best. He's got some of the best feet in football. And with his size – 
You know, that's the thing is that he, with his size, all he does is needs to do is create a little bit of separation, and he creates such a big target that he can, you know, box out defenders, and, and you know, Dak can put the ball right on him, and he can just run with it as soon as he gets it. And that's that's, you know, that's the the tough thing with some of these smaller quick wide receivers is that they can get open. But they don't have the body size to necessarily block out defenders and, and or take on the hits that are going to happen when they come inside and catch the football. All right, let's go ahead and move on to Michael Gallup. Um, and Landon, I'm, I'm just going to go on a like a, a one minute rant here because I was actually oh boy watching. Uh, no, this is this is a good ba- good and bad thing. I, I actually watched uh, every reception of Gallup over the last couple of days. Uh, I haven't had a Twitter account, so I've been really really bored. Um, so. I watched every reception, and here's what I would say. I think Gallup still has a long ways to go as a receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at a, a lot of the a lot of the metrics. Number one in, uh, in drops last year. Number one in drop rate. Uh, his separation per target is one of the worst in the league. Eighty uh, ninth of all the receivers. Uh, doesn't create a ton of cushion. Um, I think the contested catch rate needs to improve quite a bit. But the fact that he had 1,100 yards in 14 games last year just shows you how incredibly high the ceiling is. And that's what has me so encouraged. I think he got to 1,100 yards last year, and there is still a bunch of things that can be refined and improved in this game. I think if he can tweak some of his route running and become a little bit better uh, with the drops again, he had 11 drops last year by my count. If you can cut those down, I think you're looking at somebody who you know played primarily as an X receiver last year. Uh, it would not be surprising if he was a 1,300, 1,400-yard receiver in most offenses. Now, it's going to be a little bit more difficult in Dallas because of all the different targets. But Michael Gallup, is, he, the, the ceiling is so high, and he has so many things that he can improve on, and that's why I'm encouraged. What do you think about that assessment? Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree that he is a player that is on the ascension. I mean, his... Uh... His learning curve has has been incredibly steep, you know, and I think you you think about a guy that came into his rookie year with the idea that he would likely have to be, you know, a wide receiver one type player, Mm -hmm. uh, gets some relief from from when Cooper comes in and, and some of the pressure's off and I think really kind of showed you what he can do, what he's capable of last year. I think the areas of improvement are clear. I mean... You mentioned it. He was one of the top. Uh, he was one near the top of the league in, in drops, um, mm-hmm. and and it's it's interesting because I, I mean it, I go back and look at the scouting reports that we had for Gallup coming out, and to me one of the things that I loved about him coming out was his ability to finish. And, yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah. And so I, I I don't expect that to be a problem. Uh, permanently in the NFL, I imagine that he's going to find a way to. And you know, you see the videos of him working out. He already looks bigger and stronger than he was last year. I think it's it's about being physical and and focus and focusing in on that those last few moments of the catch and finishing there. Uh, and you know, I mean, you said it. I mean, he did all this. He he had 1,100 yards as a wide receiver too, uh, while having all those drops. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that shows you uh, the potential of, of what, you know, if he can get his efficiency up even just a little bit, uh, I mean, 
it's scary. It's a star. It is scary. Really, he's going to be really good. I mean, last year, sixteen point seven yards per reception on you know what one hundred and thirteen targets. That's pretty ridiculous. Yeah, and it's it's nuts because he doesn't necessarily have like elite physical tools. It's funny how it's kind of similar in some ways, except maybe not quite as physically dominating after the catch. It's kind of funny how similar his game is to CeeDee Lamb a little bit, right? A where, little bit, yeah. Yeah, where, I get they're, that. They're, they're both, you know, it's hard to quantify their athleticism, but they have such intensely amazing body control that it it really unlocks a lot of the other aspects of their athleticism very well. They're very fluid, you know, very fluid players. They operate well in the air. Um, you know, I, I just think that you're going to see a guy, you've seen a guy who, who, despite not having blazing speed, has no issue operating down the field, has no issue getting off press and getting down the field. Uh, and those are things that are hard to learn, you know, so... Yeah, I, I mean, it really. When you look at the things that that he did not do well, and realize that they are imminently fixable, and then you add in that with what he did last year, you know, even with as excited as we are for Cooper and Lamb, I mean, those are the things mm-hmm. that make me, you know, not discount <laughs> Amari Cooper. I mean, I mean, Michael Gallup. You know, it's like that's funny. Just real quick. They had that 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 video. I think the NFL put out, and and and, and like they put out like uh, cartoon graphics of the Dallas offense, and they included yeah. Zeke, and they didn't include Gallup. And I think there's a reason that 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 Cowboys fans were like, "Hey, where's Gallup? Hey, where's Gallup? Gallup is deserving of be, having his name mentioned with Amari Cooper and Ceedee Lamb, who were two guys who came out of college as at the time." the hottest sauce to come out at wide receiver in college football. Michael Gallup as a pro has been, you know, every bit as exciting as Amari Cooper in, in the last year or so. And and I have every thought that he will continue to be a player that is going to be mentioned on the same level of, as these guys who uh, are, you know, Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb are five-star recruits, you know, and have been dominant players since high school. Michael Gallup, you know, is a, a smaller school guy who came into the NFL and is keeping up with them uh, on the highest level. I agree. I think it's going to be I, – I think this is going to be the year that we see Michael Gallup make a leap. We talked about this before. A lot of times these JUCO guys, they take two years before they really start hitting their groove in the NFL. Uh, and I think I think this is the year where – uh, you're going to see Michael Gallup become a not not only a better receiver but a more efficient receiver, and that's going to help the Cowboys' offense uh, quite a bit. Uh, believe it or not, Landon, how about this stat? Only ten receivers in NFL history have ever had 1,100 yards and averaged 15 or more yards uh, per catch at their age or before the age of 24. Gallup was 23 last year. Uh, that list of names is pretty good. It includes Odell, Odell Beckham, Randy Moss. Uh, Chris Godwin, Calvin Johnson, Julio Jones, Tyreek Hill, and Michael Gallup. I, I think I think Gallup is going to be pretty, pretty good here in 2020. All right, let's go ahead and talk about the Cowboys' first-round pick in 2020, CeeDee Lamb. Uh, we just kind of talked about how much we love Amari Cooper and My- Michael Gallup. Uh, now that you insert CeeDee Lamb into this conversation, and whew, this gets fun. Uh, on Player Profiler, you can actually go look at... Uh, 
the every receiver and the cornerbacks they faced every week. Um, you go look at who Amari Cooper's faced, you know, you know, with Stephon Gilmore, it's all these top guys. Then you go to look at Michael Gallup and the list kind of drops off in talent. I can't imagine the quality of cornerbacks that are going to be trying to cover uh, Amari, or excuse me, CD Lamb in, in 2020. He's just going to be so much better than everybody he's going to be going against. And that has me really, really excited. Landon, what are you expecting from Lamb here in, in his rookie season? Yeah, I mean, I just imagine that they're you know going to do everything they can to try to get him easy completions. You know, get him mm-hmm. the ball in his hands and let him produce. Uh, you know, where he really, really is fantastic is uh, creating with the ball in his hand. Um, I, you know, I, he also the thing that makes him, uh, you know, an elite receiver is that that's clearly not his only skills. I mean, he's also very, very good at high pointing the ball. He's athletic. He's um, but we talked about the body control aspect that he shares with Gallup. I think he's a guy who can do some of those Dez, uh, you know, goal line back shoulder stuff if you want to kind of do more of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not a high percentage throw, but if you're looking to throw the football in the red zone, um, he's a guy that you can throw the ball up and he can go up and get it. Um, How do you feel about CD in the slot? Because that's probably where he's oh, going to line up mostly. I, I love it. I mean, I, I yeah. I mean, you know, one of the things that Matt Williamson mentioned when, when I was on the Locked On NFL podcast is that he sees, and I and I totally agree, and I'm sure you do too. I see a lot of motion, a lot of you know, uh, you know, setting off at least you know faking jet sweeps, all mm-hmm. all that stuff. I think that's all in play, and I think the opportunity to get him in the slot. Motion him across the formation, not only to kind of get uh, a read of what the defense is, but also to get him into a position where you can isolate him even further or figure out exactly how they're trying to cover him. Uh, and then just get, you know, having a guy who has that the quickness to get open plus the size to, uh, you know, compete with the, with the football when it gets to him. Uh, you know, I think they'll. You're gonna see slants. You'll see. I, I mean, I can't wait to see the wheel routes out of the slot. I can't wait to see yeah. uh, uh, bubble screens and and smoke screens and you know jet uh, jet sweeps and uh, you know all kinds of different stuff. I, I imagine that there's gonna be a lot of of get him the ball quickly. Get him the ball. Uh, you know, I don't know that his a dot is gonna be. Uh, something to write home about early on just because you know early on they're going to just try to find ways to get him the football which usually means a lot of what I just mentioned but I think eventually you're going to see a guy who they can get the ball short they can get the ball mm-hmm. in the immediate they can send down the field I just think that what they'll probably slowly roll out the more you know down the field stuff as he's learning the offense and they've got several guys who can you know operate in that realm as already and I think right now he will be dominant in the short to intermediate area, especially uh, you know behind the line of scrimmage stuff and in you know the kind of flats in the curl area. All right, let's move on to the Cowboys' number four receiver, um, Landon. I have no idea who it is. I, I mean, you could you could tell <laughs> me it's one of four different guys right now. Uh, so let's go ahead and start there. Who do you expect to, to win that wide receiver four job, or are they not even on the roster yet? I mean, there certainly is the possibility that they're not on the roster yet. Um, I tend to think that they'll probably go in with this group. Uh, I mean, it's in a training camp, at least. I don't know that they're going to make yeah, any movements yeah. anytime before then. They'll go in, see what they've got. 
see if they like what they've got, and then make moves from there. I would say that the wide receiver four, if I had to game it, is a three-way battle as of right now uh, between John Vea Johnson, Cedric Wilson, and Devin Smith. Um, with the potential that, you know, if they... I, I mean, I just don't know how this team feels the same way that the previous administration felt about Noah Brown, so I don't really yeah, know I don't where, where, he feels, where he feels in there. I think, you know, you've, you've brought in... Uh, you've, you've talked about Aaron Parker, and, and I'm sure we'll get into him in just a sec, but I, you know, he's someone that could potentially be a, a, an outsider there. But I would say if we're gaming it right now, if we're putting money on it, I'm putting it on either Cedric Wilson, Devin Smith, or John Vea Johnson to take that fourth wide receiver job. All right, so here's what I've been thinking. Uh, my guess is the, the receiver that wins that job is probably the one that becomes the most versatile, right? Mm. Because if you get a, an injury to, let's say, Amari Cooper, um, you'll probably have more of CeeDee Lamb on the outside, so you'll need this next guy to come and play in the slot. Which of these receivers between Smith, Wilson, John Vea Johnson do you think offers the most flexibility to basically be you know, the top backup at all three of those wide receiver positions? I think it's Wilson, right? I, I mean, agree. To yeah. me, it's like he has the size. He's not you know, at maybe as fast as John Vea Johnson. It's certainly not Devin Smith. But he has the propensity to be able to get down the field. He's, he's shown that he doesn't have an issue being a deep threat. In fact, if anything, that's really what he did well in college uh, is, is be kind of a deep threat despite not having elite speed. Uh, the one thing that you've seen with Cedric coming into the league in these last few years is that each year he's gotten noticeably bigger, you know, noticeably mm-hmm. stronger. So I think... When you factor in that, I think he is probably the most versatile because what can he do? He can he can definitely play inside. In fact, inside inside probably is his best spot. Uh, I I think because of his size and, and you know his athleticism, it will allow him to play outside. I think he can do some stuff as a kind of big you know a, a small tight end, a big wide receiver package. If you still want to use some of that stuff because of his size, I, I just think that you know. John Vea Johnson is probably the second guy just because I think he can do some mm-hmm. inside-outside stuff. And I think Devin Smith might specifically just be – I think he could play inside, but I think his skill set lies mostly on the yeah, outside. Yeah, he's an, out, he's an outside but guy, I think, at least to me. Yeah, so and I think that you know if, if you lose Gallup, you may consider Devin Smith a better replacement for Gallup than Cedric sure. Wilson. You know what I'm saying? But sure. I think that if you're asking me who I think the most versatile player of those three are, just based on what we've seen so far. Now, maybe John Vea Johnson. I, I don't know what John Vea Johnson has done this offseason. But just based on what we the last time we saw them, I think Cedric Wilson is probably the guy that has the most versatility. All right, let's go ahead and move on to the, the bottom of the roster. I think it's probably likely that those guys are looking for the four wide receiver four or five and maybe that six spot. You mentioned Noah Brown. I, I have no idea how the staff feels about him. Ventral Bryant is another one. Uh, he actually played quite a bit last year on special teams. Um, now, he got into some trouble this offseason, and then maybe that'll hurt his chances of making the roster. Uh, but after that, you, you brought up Aaron Parker, somebody I like. Kendrick Rogers is an interesting guy from Texas A&M. Um, is there any of these guys? Tevin Jones is somebody that they had last year. Uh, Stephen Gidry, who they signed as a UDFA. Any of these guys that you like as practice squad guys more than others? I mean, I think that all these guys are potential practice squad guys. Parker, uh, Kendrick Rogers, um, 
Noah Brown and Vince O'Brien are kind of in a weird uh, you know, spot because uh, they're... My guess is one of those will end up with the Giants. Let me just put that out there right now. Probably so, yeah. I just think that, you know, those are both uh, archetypes from a position that may not exist anymore on this team. Yeah. So I don't really know what to do with those guys, but if you're talking about, you know, long-term, you know, practice squad looking guy, who's the next John Bea Johnson? Uh, it's it's probably Aaron Parker or uh, yeah I mean I think Aaron Parker honestly is and and we'll see what happens to the one or potentially two guys I uh, probably just one guy who of that top three that or not top three but that three that we mentioned as the wide receiver four competition what happens to that guy who doesn't make it and, and does he end up on on the practice squad again this year like if it's John Bay Johnson does he end up on the practice squad again. Uh, you know, and that may be, you know, honestly, and, and that's the thing. This is way early, but those are the kind of thing, the kind of things that you have to think about when you're yep. picking these guys. Is is Devin Smith going to make it through waivers? You know, is is John Vea Johnson the guy, the only guy you have of those three who you think could actually end up making it to your practice squad? Yeah. So those, I, I, that, that's I all the kind of math you have to agree on. You know. Uh, lastly, before we go, just because I think it's interesting. Um, we mentioned about potentially maybe them looking to free agency to grab you know a more proven wide receiver for. I'm gonna list some of the free agent names. You just tell me after I, I I run through them if any of these guys are intriguing to you. Paul Richardson, Taylor Gabriel, Demarius Thomas, Josh Gordon, Tavon Austin, Dwayne Harris, Chris Hogan, Justin Hardy, Ryan Grant. Uh, that's that's about the list. Any of those guys interesting to you? Yeah, I mean actually you know. Taylor Gabriel could be interesting. As yep, a, that's as the one for me. Kind of a piece as a uh, as a you know Tavon Austin type piece, right? He's a uh, better version of that. A yeah. much much better receiver. Now probably, I think Tavon's probably the better runner, but you can still do some of the same things with Gabriel. Yeah, uh, who's the first guy you mentioned on that list? Uh, Paul Richardson, former oh. Redskins. Yeah, receiver. yeah, yeah. Paul Richardson's a guy. I mean, you know, I mean, as far as a fourth wide receiver. I, sure. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't hate that, you know. So uh, yeah, I, I mean, I like these guys. I think that the, the Cowboys are doing this right. Uh, you, you don't like Paul Richardson so much that you feel like you have to run out and get him, and everything else past that, it's like, well, I'd rather kind of see what my guys do in camp and give them the opportunity, and then if they yes. don't, this yep. is a good fallback plan. Those are guys that you sign after Week One, right? With with, with the non guaranteed contracts where. Okay, Paul Richardson, we need you to be the fourth or fifth receiver for five weeks until somebody else is ready. But yeah, I agree. The only one that's interesting there to me is Taylor Gabriel because he gives you some speed. This offense doesn't have a lot of speed at receiver. He's actually a pretty good route runner. You just don't want him to be anything more than your wide receiver three, wide receiver four. And I think kind of think he fits right in. Um, before we go, last thing. Grade this group. We graded uh, quarterbacks and running oh, backs. Man. We both gave them A's. What are we giving the wide receiver group? <laughs> we're going to sound like such homers. We're the biggest homer group ever. Jeez. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's an A. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, yeah, I, I mean, it really depends on how you're measuring it, right? If you're measuring it one through six, uh, maybe a B plus because there's just so much matter. under. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. They, they don't really. So, I mean, it's hard not to give... This is a this is a top five, if not top three, group uh, top three wide receivers. I guess that's the best way. Uh, this is the top three group of three wide receivers in the league. 
if not maybe potentially the best group of yeah I, i'm trio, trying to think of one off trio. the top of my head that's uh, better than this. you know tampa bay's got a pretty good group but, but they've third, got two but right? their third is not so great yeah i mean that's the thing as far as a trio goes uh it it, it may it may buffalo's actually now is pretty decent <sighs> Can you believe that? <laughs> That's like my favorite underrated wide receiver core in the league. All three of those guys between Diggs, Beasley, and John Brown just get open. Yeah. It's just such a good group. It's a pretty good group. Uh, yeah, it's an A. I think it's the best trio of receivers in the league. I, I actually think there's not a unit in the league that has a better wide receiver group than the Cowboys. Uh, and that just that makes my heart happy that the Cowboys have finally reinvested in this position. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you're following Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Locked on Cowboys, and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher, and we will see you next time.